Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine witnessing your best friend be betrayed so badly that you'd be willing to set their ex's car on fire. We'll get to that revenge in a bit, but first, I ruined my mom's fiance's life and I just might get away with it. The moment I met Matthew, I knew I wasn't ever going to like him. Something just didn't feel right about him. He felt sly, like a hagfish. So on that Saturday evening, when my mom introduced him to me right before going out on a date with him, I furrowed my brow, murmured what might have been a greeting, and went upstairs to my room. Now, it's not exactly uncommon for a 15-year-old to not be accepting of their parent dating, Since my father had died three years before, my mom had refused to see anyone else, and I was fine with that. We had only each other those three years, and I wanted things to remain that way. But then Matt weaseled his way into my mother's life. When my mother got home from her date, she asked why I'd been rude. I don't think I like him very much, I said. She sighed and went on to talk about how she knew how this was probably not easy for me to accept, but that she was finally ready to move on and try to date people. Then she made me promise to at least give Matthew a chance. I promised, but mostly because I had no other choice. And so the next weekend, Matthew came over to our place again. My mom had planned for us to play a few games together with the hopes that that would warm me up to him. And for the most part, that was working. Until my mom went into the kitchen and he snarled at me. An actual snarl like a rabid wolf. I was shocked. The rest of the night I was cautious and kept passing glances to my mother, hoping that she'd notice this man made me uncomfortable, but she missed all the signs. That snarl officially started the animosity between Matthew and I. Much to my chagrin, Matt and my mom's relationship developed faster than I hoped it would. I hoped that after a few dates with him, she would figure out that she was better with someone else, and moved on. But there was obviously something in him she saw that made her reject common sense. I, on the other hand, saw it all. From his lack of respect for personal space, to his ugly smile, to his annoying habit of flicking my arm, Matt grew more and more irritating. It was relatively bearable at first, but then it quickly got malicious. The first incident that let me know I was in serious trouble happened six months into my mom's relationship with Matt. Now, I'm asthmatic, and though it's not so chronic, I have to have my inhaler available all the time. Now, when I'm in public, I always have my inhaler on my person. However, at home, I mostly don't, or at least I didn't used to. There's always an inhaler on my bedside table, and another on the key tray. Always. That Saturday afternoon, Matt was over, and my mom was out running errands. I'd been doing my homework and planning my entry for the science fair all morning. So I decided to lay back and play a few games of Call of Duty with my friends on my PlayStation. After walking in uninvited into my room, I mentioned he has no respect for personal space, right? He proceeds to tell me to get off my computer. Without bothering to turn around, I muted my mic and told him I had permission to play from my mom. He told me he didn't care and to get off the computer immediately. At that point, I actually took my headphones off 
turned towards him and told him to take it up with my mother when she got back, but I wasn't going to leave my game just because he wanted me to. He snarled again, and for a moment I thought he was going to hit me. Thankfully though, he just stood up and moved towards the door. I didn't even wait for him to get to it before returning to my game. 30 minutes later, I felt the start of an asthma attack start to build, so I left my game to get my inhaler from my bedside. My inhaler wasn't there. I checked the drawers just to be sure. Wasn't there either. So I went downstairs to get the one on the key tray. That wasn't there either. And it was at this point that I knew something was fishy. And it had to do with Matt. I tried looking for him, but he didn't seem to be inside. And then when I tried to open the door to get out, I noticed that it was locked. In fact, all the doors had been locked. Panicking, I rushed upstairs to get my phone. I couldn't find it. At this point, I was starting to gasp for air. I had to think fast. So I got back in my headphones and told my friend Patrick, who also had asthma, that I needed him to get me his inhaler by whatever means. I told him what route I was taking and that if he found me passed out, he should call 911. He, without asking any question, immediately took action and I heard him drop his controller and call his mum before I even pulled off my headphones. I went downstairs and tried to open the kitchen window. Thankfully it slid open and I scampered out of the window. I took deep breaths and walked slowly towards the road as I thought of all the ways I was going to end Matt if I didn't die first. It was one thing to be mean, it was a completely different thing to try to kill me. What the heck was he thinking? My fear and anger must have been what kept me walking for a couple of hundred meters before I dropped to the pavement gasping audibly. I almost lost consciousness when I heard Patrick's mother start talking to me, telling me that I was going to be just fine, and I felt an inhaler on my lips. She sprayed a couple of dosages from the inhaler before I passed out. When I came to, I was in the hospital, my mom, Patrick's mom, and of all people, Matthew in the room with me. Mom had been crying, the tear streaks were still visible and her eyes were puffy. When she saw that I was conscious, she sighed and rushed to my side. She peppered my cheek with kisses and asked if I was okay. All I did was glare weakly at Matt. Patrick's mom praised me, saying it was pretty smart of me to think and act quickly. After a while, a doctor came in to check on me. He suggested they run some tests on me to make sure I was okay. After a few minutes, I said that I wanted to talk to my mom privately. So Pat's mom said she'd just be outside. Matt insisted on staying, but after a glare at my mom and a few moments of awkward silence, she told him she would call him back in in just a few minutes. He grumbled and left. You know he did it, right? I said the moment he got out. She says, I knew you'd say that, but honestly, I don't see why he would do something like that. I don't think he had anything to do with it. He just went out to get a few things at the store and didn't know you were still home. I know you don't like him, but you have to... I said, is that what he told you? That he mistakenly locked me in? I responded, honestly irritated that she couldn't see how improbable that was. Jake, she started, but I didn't let her continue. And how about both of my inhalers and my phone suddenly going missing, I asked. The look on her face let me know that she didn't know that yet. Still though, she defended him. I'm sure he didn't do it. He's not exactly been hostile to you. When I frowned and looked away, she continued, I think you want it to be his fault, and you blame him to some extent. But you know it wasn't him, she said, seeming to convince herself more than me. 
Later that day, after the doctor had come in and said I was good to go home, we got some Chinese and went home. After supper, I had my mum call my number. I heard it ring and traced it all the way to under my bed where it and both my inhalers were. Mum said I must have dropped them from my bed or something and kicked them under the bed without knowing. I just kept quiet. After that, I made sure I had my inhaler always in my pocket and my room door locked. When school was out, my cousins invited me over to spend a few weeks with them in LA. I was glad and I really needed to leave the house, especially since Madden moved in recently. My mom wasn't exactly thrilled about the idea and said she needed to consider it for a bit. So while I waited for her to make up her mind, I just stayed home almost all day playing games and reading. Then Matt went and did the unthinkable. He proposed to my mother. She said yes. I was mortified when I heard and I was almost catatonic for days. Matt? A stepdad? My stepdad? God forbid. I knew I had to stop this before I was stuck with this awful man. Goodness knows if he somehow managed to marry my mum, he'd send me off to some place just as awful as him. Maybe he'd even enlist me in the army. However, I didn't know how to stop this nightmare from becoming reality. At this point, I was past caring about whether or not my mother loved this man, I just wanted him out. And then, Matt went on to strengthen my resolve. Things are going to change around this house, boy, he started. He had never called me boy before. I'm about to become the man of this house, which means that I hold all the power and you will respect me. I don't want to have to deal with any sassy behavior from you. Any disrespect will be disciplined. You are to call me sir and you will do exactly what I want when I want. Are we clear? I looked at him, shocked that he would have the guts to say this to my face. I was enraged. How dare this man come into my life and decide to hijack it. I was boiling with anger, but I knew better than to lash out, so I did the wisest thing I could think of at that moment. I turned to walk away. And then he did it. He grabbed me by the arm, spun me around, and slapped me in the face. The tears came rushing out. I really was going to be stuck with this monster for the rest of my life. At that point, I didn't care about the consequences. I cussed him out till my tongue was sore. I didn't even notice when he hit me again. I didn't notice my mom rush in when I called her fiancé all sorts of colorful names. It wasn't until she screamed that I should shut up that I was brought back to reality. I just lay there crying, defeated. I started planning my revenge after that incident. My mom decided that I wasn't going to my cousins and that I would instead spend summer vacation working on myself and trying to make it up to Matt. For my mom's sake, I did as she asked. I went to see a counselor and I was silent and docile at home. Matt must have thought he had finally broken me. How wrong he was. So I hatched a plan and one day I decided to execute my plan. You see, Matt was too comfortable staying in our home and in his comfort he became complacent. He was logged into almost everything on the home computer, and because he wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, he also didn't have the common sense to create a separate Windows user account, so I had full access. I ignored his questionable browsing history and went straight to checking for anything that could help me in my revenge quest. And then I saw a chat that he had with a friend about a life insurance policy he had taken on my mum. Bingo. I created a Reddit account with his info, I got this account verified, 
With this account, I, over the next few weeks, went on to inquire about all sorts of things. Like how to make a DIY bomb, to asking what to do about wanting to get rid of a partner you hated. With his Amazon, I bought tools like tapes, rubber gloves, and trash bags. I was careful to try and also sound inconspicuous. Matt also got into some pretty disturbing forms. When I was certain that I had built a big enough case against him, I called the police. I told them that I just saw proof that my mom's fiancé was planning her demise. They immediately sent in a squad, and after a pretty extensive raid on the house, confiscation of the computer, and advising my mom to move somewhere more secure with a squad car stationed just outside our safe house, Matt was arrested for conspiracy to commit murder and insurance fraud. My mom, as usual, was at first defensive of Matt, but after the police had explained what they had seen on the computer, fear made her change her mind. Needless to say, she broke things off with Matt and wanted us as far away from him as possible. Matt kept insisting that it was all me, but he couldn't prove it. Given the fact that he had just taken out an insurance policy on my mom, the accusations seemed to just stick. My mom was heartbroken, of course, but after almost two months of heartbreak, she decided she had to move on with life and get Matt out of her head. She transferred to another state, sold the house, and we moved. Now, my awful would-have-been stepfather is facing a long time in prison, while my mom and I have our old life back. Do I feel guilty? A little bit, but what I feel more is relief, knowing that I don't have to bother about him anymore. So there's how I ruined the life of my mom's fiancé, and honestly, he had it coming. I just wonder if there was more going on between the fiancé and OP's mom than OP knew behind closed doors. I mean, if they were laying their hands on OP, it's almost certain, you know, they were probably doing the same to the mom. That said, our next story is, best friend's ex spread a rumor about her, so I burnt his car. I've never been a fan of high school. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool love. Now, I know that might sound crazy because teenagers have nothing better to do than worry about who's dating who and who likes who. And I'm a teenager, but the fact is I'm the type of person that likes to keep quiet and listen. I learn a lot like that. And I see that a lot of teenagers don't know what love is, and they don't know how to do that stuff right. And they only get themselves and other people hurt in the process. Of course, that's only my perspective. 
but I'm talking from a point of view of a person that's seen what harm high school love can do to a person. For real, I think it's something people are better off without because why go through so much pain and sadness for someone that isn't worth your time and affection? Take for instance my best friend Mel. She tried dating for the first time and she decided to take a chance with Jason, one of the greatest jerks in school. Of course, that guy really did a number on her. Not only did he break her heart, he also humiliated her to the extent that she had to change schools to complete her sophomore year. I couldn't let him get away with it, so it fell on me to get revenge in her name. There wasn't much I could do that wouldn't get me arrested, so I settled for destroying his most prized possession. He's Porsche 911 Carrera, but let's talk about how it all happened. Mel had been my best friend for as long as I remember. She had lived a few houses away from mine, and it was easy to drop by any time. My mom said she was friends with Mel's mom when they were both pregnant, and they gave birth the same year and in the same hospital. A few months apart though. The first memory I could remember of Mel was during recess in kindergarten. I couldn't find my baby doll and I was crying and sobbing silently in a corner when Mel approached me with a stuffed teddy bear. She handed it to me and when I stopped crying, she walked away. At the end of recess, she came back for her stuffed teddy and then handed me my Barbie doll. It turns out that she had stolen it a while ago. Whenever we remember that memory, it usually made us laugh. I can't remember the time we actually became best friends other than the fact that whenever my mom visits her mom, she usually brings us along and we hang out. Our friendship was something that was always going to be because we saw each other every day, every time at home, school, and even church. Growing up, we had our differences. Like any other friendship, we had our ups and downs. Mel was from a very religious home way more religious than mine even as we attended the same church and she went through this phase when all she said made it seem she was trying to condemn me for the fact that i wasn't as intensely religious as she was we actually got into a huge fight once or twice because of this and we didn't speak for months but eventually we reconciled when we saw that it was hard to stay apart from each other she grew out of that phase when we were in the eighth grade the final class of junior year Everyone in our grade, me included, had hit puberty and our bodies had started to change. In my freshman year of high school, I was already sporting C-cups and a body that would make bikini models proud. And because of that, I was getting second glances and relationship requests. Mel, on the other hand, was growing at a really slow rate. She was a teenager alright, but there was nothing to show for it. She still looked like a kid in high school, and of course this messed up her self-esteem. Some of the guys and girls in the school didn't make it any easier on her. They would tease her and call her names. It was really demoralizing. And naturally, there wasn't any guy that liked her or asked her out. Even if they did, they were too scared to say anything because they didn't want to be seen with her. I was the only one that stuck with her throughout all her time in freshman year. I didn't even go out with the guys that asked me on dates. Not even the ones I really liked because I didn't want her to feel alone for a second. I didn't tell her this, of course. I didn't want her feeling guilty or anything. So while everyone in freshman year was out dating and making out, we stayed together, spending our time playing dress up and filling our Friday nights by watching every bad movie ever made. But everything changed during the summer holiday. Mel went on a vacation to her grandparents' place in New York. She came back a week before school resumed. And when I tagged along with her parents to pick her up from the airport, 
I couldn't believe my eyes. Mel's growth spurt had kicked in, and in three months, she had grown into an actual babe. She was still tall and slender, but she had blossomed, even her hips and butt had gotten visibly bigger. She looked more beautiful then, more radiant and confident. I knew immediately that it was going to be a crazy year. I just didn't know how crazy it was going to be. When we got home, she showed me the new clothes she bought for resumption. She had some cousins staying with her grandparents, and they were the ones that helped her do the shopping. The new clothes were nothing like what she used to wear, and I have to say I was kind of concerned that she was turning into someone that she wasn't. I didn't mention anything at first though because she was having fun, and all I wanted was for her to be happy. Also, her parents had no problem with her new choice of clothing, so why say anything? Anyways, the first day of school came, and it went just as I predicted. The other students were surprised at Mel's drastic change, and the boys and even some girls couldn't keep their eyes off her. Mel, who wasn't used to that sort of attention, hurried into the bathroom to hide. I found her a few minutes later and gave her a rousing speech to get her confidence peaking again. Anyways, Mel left the restroom and went to class, where I sat beside her and wait for the biology teacher. The teacher came in a moment later, and the class commenced in full. A few minutes after the class started, I heard someone whispering my name behind me. I didn't like to be disturbed in class, so I ignored the person, but they persisted. Soon enough, I had to turn around, and I came face to face with a boy in my class named Luke. Luke was one of the boys on the basketball team, and he was really cute and funny. I'd liked him a long time ago, but when he asked me out, I said no because Mel was still sensitive about her issues in freshman year. Luke slipped me a folded sheet of paper and asked me to pass it to Mel. I turned to the side and was about to call for Mel's attention when I stopped myself. Why was he passing a piece of paper to Mel? They weren't friends, so what was the problem? Curiosity took over, and I unfolded the sheet of paper to read its contents. To my utter shock, it was a note to Mel asking her if she wanted to hang out after school. The most annoying part of it all was that the note was the same as what he gave to me the last year. It contained the exact same corny lines and sentences which I found romantic. I started to wonder how many girls he had used this same note to woo, and in my anger or fit of jealousy, I don't know, I don't care, I squeezed the note and threw it back at him. As soon as class was over, I walked up to him, then warned him to stay away from Mel. But that was just the beginning. It was as though every guy in high school had set their eyes on Mel. And whenever I tried to stop one, ten more would rise. I just couldn't keep warding them off. In the end, it all fell on Mel to do what she wanted. And soon enough, it became clear to me that she actually had started to like the attention. The next week, Thursday at the end of the school day, Mel and I were set to go home. We already had plans to finish up our assignments on time so we could watch a movie. As soon as we stepped out of the hallway and onto the lawn, we heard someone call out to Mel from behind. We both turned around, and it was Jason. Who is Jason, you ask? Well, Jason was the hottest senior in school. He was the captain of the basketball team, and what's more, he had the sweetest ride in school. Earlier that day, everyone heard that he had broke up with Tasha, the head cheerleader and the most popular girl in school, and that meant that he was back on the market. I knew there was a problem immediately when I realized 
He knew Mel's name. He said hi and asked where she was going, completely ignoring the fact that I was literally standing right next to her. She told me she was headed home, and he offered to give her a ride. I could see the twinkle in her eyes when he made the offer, and for a moment I thought, oh crap, this girl is going to make me walk home alone. But she turned to look at me and then politely declined his offer. I thought that was going to be the end, but Jason wasn't done. He asked her what she was doing that weekend, and she promptly said nothing. Then he asked her if she would like to go out with him to see a movie. I could literally see her bubbling with excitement, and when she finally said yes, I was only glad that it was over and we could leave. Throughout our journey home and the movie time, Jason was all Mel wanted to talk about. Sometimes when I'm talking about something else, she would space out. It got really annoying. But I had to be patient with her. The Jason date would, of course, be her first date. Honestly, I had my reservations about the whole thing. Firstly, and I blame this one on my conspiracy theorist mindset, I was worried that Jason just wanted to use Mel to get Tasha jealous. And if they actually worked their stuff out, I was feared that he would just discard Mel. Secondly, I feared that the breakup was actually real. And that Tasha might still be bitter about the whole thing and she might try to hurt Mel. But I couldn't tell her these things. She was thrilled with the new development, and I would just hate to be the one that rains on her parade. Mel went on the date that Saturday, and that same day, she came home to give me the news that she had agreed to be his girlfriend. What? That was the first date! Who asked someone to be their boyfriend on their first date? I didn't like the whole dynamic one bit, and I told her. But Mel was too starry-eyed to see my point of view. Eventually, number two of my fears came to pass, and Tasha had a problem with Jason's new boyfriend. She couldn't do anything about it though. Perks of being under the protection of the king of high school, I guess. Their picture-perfect relationship didn't last long anyways. The whole thing ended as quickly as it started. One evening, after hanging out at Jason's, Mel came to my house. Her makeup was smeared all over her face and her eyes were swollen. I knew she had been crying, but I had no idea why. I invited her in, and when we were safely locked inside my room, she told me that Jason dumped her because she said she wasn't ready to do certain actions with him. What the heck? That wasn't all. She told me that on the first date, he had pressured her into doing certain things with her hands. And just like that, their two-week-long relationship came to a bitter end. If that was where it all ended, that would have been better, but it wasn't. Jason went on to tell the boys on the basketball team how easy Mel was and how she, how do I say this, did certain deep things to him every day for the past two weeks. The rumors spread like wildfire and soon enough, everyone was calling Mel easy and promiscuous behind her back and to her face. What's worse, she no longer had the protection of Jason and Tasha declared open season on her for stealing her man. It was so bad that there was little I could do to stop it. Eventually, Mel became so depressed that she stopped coming to school. She had finally convinced her parents to let her transfer, so she traveled to New York to continue her sophomore year. That was how I lost my best friend. I was so mad at everything. The school system for failing to help Mel with the bullying. Myself for not doing more to protect her. Then... Jason. I decided that Jason was going to pay for all the horrors he had put Mel through. So one day after school, I trailed him home in a taxi, and when I knew his house, I came back later that night with a gallon of kerosene. 
His car was parked in the driveway. I wanted to douse the seats with kerosene, but I couldn't get the doors open without setting off the alarm. So I used the stuffings and blanket I brought from home and stuffed them under the car. Then I poured the kerosene on the car and the blanket, and I set the blankets on fire and ran away. I watched from a distance as the car went up in flames. Jason and his father came out, but before they could call 911 or get an extinguisher, the fire hit the fuel tank causing a massive explosion. The car was burnt to bits before they could do anything about it. I went home happy and satisfied that day. I mean, OP might have gone and done that, but their friend's still gone and everything's still overall kind of crap. Is it truly like the most satisfying revenge to blow this guy's car up? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.